False hope sucks today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked on Tigers podcast. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, May 6th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I tried really hard to be like energetic in that. I don't think I did a very good job, but I'm very much not energetic. What is this hat doing? I just realized it's my locked on hat. Here's the thing with hats, man. Uh, My head is in like the 99th percentile for size, like skull size. So like hats don't fit me. Like this literally doesn't fit on my head. I can just throw it on like this. So the Detroit Tigers drop this one two to three. In Minute Maid. Don't give me hope, man. Just, golly. Screaming, running around after the Candelario homer, and then this. Um, Tigers' offense is absolutely nowhere for the entirety of this game. Uh, outside of Jamer Candelario and Miguel Cabrera. And that lasted all the way to the ninth when with two outs and nobody on, Miguel Cabrera gets a single, then Jamer Candelario hits a home run. And then Gregory Soto happens. Um, Not fun. Not fun at all. This is really not a very fun look for me either, but so what is there to talk about? Well, the offense was horrible again. This offense was, was putrid and you know, the frustrating thing is, is they were getting singles. The offense was, was getting, was getting some hits one walk the entire game. As you all know, I don't like that very much, but you had nine hits you had nine hits. You had seven going into the ninth. Should equate to a lot. You, you should not have seven hits and no runs. You should not be getting shut out through eight innings on seven hits and eight base runners. Shouldn't, shouldn't be the case. Shouldn't. They were able to scrap something together in the ninth. Jamer is a bright spot, not only of today, but of the last week. And then Gregory Soto, we'll we'll certainly get to that because that's like the talk of the town that everybody wants everybody's opinion on. So we will certainly get to that. Uh, I I know everybody is well aware that I am, uh, have defended that dude more than just about anybody on the planet. Um, Yeah. So we'll, we'll get into, we'll get into all that. I promise. Um, We're going to start off with, 
I, I guess we start off with the offense. Is there anything more to really talk about with the offense? Did I just cover everything? Like we, again, you, you, we can't get extra base hits. The Jamer Homer saved uh, another game of looking at a box score and going like, gee whiz. And I, I'm not going to be too nice to Gregory Soto later. So I'm, I, I don't want this to come across as me just like blindly defending him. However, you, you were getting shut out with an out left in the game. It, it's time. Good for Jamer. I know I'm all over the place. I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm very, very, very frustrated. Good for Jamer. I, I mean, he's been, he, he really struggled and there were some people talking, talking crazy, crazy nonsense, talking about putting him down in the minors and all that jazz. That's, that was never, uh, a, that was never, I don't think a possibility B he was never going to stay down for that long. He has a long history of starting off really, really slow and then breaking out. That appears to be what's happening pretty much the second the calendar turned to May. Like it it turned on the East Coast, May 1st turned in the middle of the Dodgers game, right? We had a game on, on the last day of April and May 1st turned in like the sixth or seventh inning. And Jamer got a hit like right after the clock hit midnight. Like it just seems to be like a once he gets past April and even in 2020 in the weird season, like once he got past that first like three weeks of the season, it was it was gangbusters. It was go time. And so I'm hoping that that's what's happening. And it looks like that's what's happening. His timing seems to be a lot better. Uh, had a great game tonight. Looked just he just looks different. Like it, in April, he looked timid at the plate. Like he he looked like he was he was not scared. I, I don't think these any of these dudes at the professional level are scared, but he he just looked when he was in the batter's box, you weren't like, all right, like this has a chance of being something. Like you, there was just no confidence. And it, it, you can tell not even seeing the result of the play. You can just tell by how he looks in the batter's box, how he holds himself, etc., that this is a totally different version, I guess you would say, of Jamer Candelario. Looks fantastic again tonight. Like I said, every at-bat, he just looked really good. The home run was obviously great. Uh, his OPS is now all the way back up to 600, basically. It's like three ticks below 600. So for a dude that had an OPS below 400 like a week and a half ago, he's on a little bit of a heater. And uh, the average is back over 200. Slugging percentage is back well over 300. Um, so it, it's looking like Jamer's timing is down and everything's coming back around. Miguel Cabrera, OPS up to just under 700, got three hits in this game and passed the great Al Kaline, Mr. Tiger, in all-time hits. Uh, came into this game down, what, he was at 3,005 going into this game. And ended at 3,008, and Kaline obviously at 3,007. So super cool, super cool moment. Miggy talks about all the time the um, the relationship that him and Mr. Kaline had, and how much he 
just loved him and adored him and, and loved their friendship and loved their relationship and said that Kaline treated him like a son. Just there, they just had a, a great bond. And Kaline said on a plethora of occasions that Miguel Cabrera was the greatest hitter he had ever seen. And it's just a really cool moment. And you wish that, that, um, that Al was around to, to see it. Cause I'm sure that would have been a really awesome moment, but I'm sure Miggy will have a, a, a nice, I'm sure it was a, it was a surreal moment on the field. I'm sure that he'll, he'll think about it a lot tonight and, and, you know, K-Line's family, his wife and everything making comments, just a super cool moment in a game that was very frustrating for a lot of people. Um, really, re- really, really cool moment. So we, uh, silver linings and everything really, 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 really wholesome and, and awesome moment in the game. Um, besides those two, that was the offense pretty much. Um, they combined had five hits and were responsible for both runs we scored. Uh, outside of that, we had one, two, three, four hits outside of Jamer. So Jamer and, and Miggy had five between the two of them. The rest of the team combined had four. So that's pretty much it for your offense. There's your offensive breakdown. Two dudes showed up, and and, and that was pretty much it. And even that, um, I mean, all three of Miggy's were singles. Like, it's still just the the singles show. That That's what this is. That sounds like a really bad dating show now that I think about it. It's just, there's no extra base hits on this team. And no matter what your opinion of, of how the game is played today and batting average or, or, you know, getting on base versus hitting homers, launch angle, whatever. If you're an old school guy, that's fine. There's no denying that with the way the game of baseball is played in 2022, you are not going to be successful by hitting eight singles a night. You're not. We had, we had, we had nine hits. Seven of them were singles. We had one Robbie Grossman double in the first inning and then the Jamer Homer. That's it. And what two runs? What, where did the two runs come from? The, the, the Jamer Homer. Singles are great. Base hits are great. But they set up moonshots. They shut, set up gappers. They set up deep doubles. Right, doubles, triples, if you're in Comerica and hit the right field. You're not going to win without any extra base hits. I hate to break it to you. And that has certainly been the reoccurring theme all year so far this year. We will get into Tarek Skubal, who's another bright spot in this game. And then, obviously, we will cover the bullpen because that is the talk of the town. But first, got to tell you all about Built Bar. Summer is coming. And with your summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. You can throw them in your bags, your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars is they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order right now. Most Built Bars contain about 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar. usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So go to Built.com right now. Get all your favorites. Banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, 
They have so many more. They're all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. So check them out at Built.com. Go to Built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Also got to tell you guys about Blue Nile. Blue Nile Jewelry, the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is also committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Expert advice 24-7, legendary service with 30-day returns. When you commit to a piece, so does Blue Nile. Guaranteed service and repair for life. Diamond price guarantee. You can contact Blue Nile to compare a competitor's diamond against one of theirs. In most cases, they can meet or beat the price. So this Mother's Day, get mom something she'll treasure forever. With the fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on Tigers listeners are also getting $50 off of $500. This podcast exclusive is only good through Mother's Day. Use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON. And every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So you can shop completely stress-free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to wear this hat anymore. It Hats don't fit me, man. My head's literally too big. I don't, I I'm just throw it at the top. Just throw it on top like that. It's not good. Okay. Um, Tarek Skubal. I think that's a big bright spot in this game is Tarek Skubal and he deserves a ton of credit. He's a dog. Tarek Skubal is, is a dog. And it's 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 just he's he's the only starting pitcher so far this year that's really shown out. Bo Brisky ha- has looked solid in his right in his couple of starts. He, he's been solid enough. He's kept us in ball games. Uh, Alex Fiedo kept us in the ball game that he pitched. Uh, Erod hasn't been terrible. But he's also, it's like just kind of a barely keeping us in type of thing. Tarek Skubal is the only dude that has started a game for the Detroit Tigers this season where he has take when he takes the bump, you have confidence. You're like, all right, this is this is a winnable game, and there is a legitimate chance that that offense is erased. That our opponent's offense is irrelevant he's the only dude that when he when he takes the bump you have some sort of confidence in right now which is sad one guy one and i guess that that's kind of a subjective thing if you're a big you know fan of of one of the if you're really high on one of the the other uh starting pitchers that we have that that's fine but as a whole, I, I mean, as it stands right now, Scooble is really the only dude that's like that. And he, he certainly showed out again in this game. Six innings, six hits, two runs, zero walks, nine strikeouts in those six innings. 
Um, the pitch mix was sensational. Listen to this. He threw 90 pitches, right? 30 sliders, 23 four seams, 15 change ups, 15 sinkers, seven knuckle curves. That is about as evenly distributed as you are going to see. Phenomenal. Spin rates are all good as they always are for him. Uh, exit velocity, the changeup got hit hard a couple of times. Uh, the sinker got cranked. Um, but I mean, as a whole, the, the average exit velocity was a little higher than you'd like it about 93 miles an hour for the game. Uh, but he induced 15 whiffs, 15 swinging strikes, 13 called strikes. You don't see the whiffs higher than the called strikes, especially from a starter too terribly often. It's wildly impressive. On the game, he had a CSW percentage of 31, which means just under one out of every three pitches he threw for the outing were a were a strike, were either a called strike or a swinging miss strike. Just a, under a third in 90 pitches thrown. Crazy impressive. Crazy impressive. So while he, he did have, I mean, Altuve, like first pitch of the game or whatever to Altuve, like that's a fastball. He, he just wanted to start the game off 0-1, and Altuve's a veteran and not going to let you do that. You live and you learn. He, he was phenomenal the rest of the game. So, you know, and then the other one, he hung a, a curveball a little too much. Hung, hung that thing a little too much up there. Caught a little bit too much of the plate, right? Again, I... I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be upset at at Scooble. Is certainly not the problem in in this game. Certainly not the reason we lost. Everything is just so. Every pitch he has has the ability to get a swing and a miss. Everything is a swing and miss potential pitch. Eight whiffs on the slider, three whiffs on the four seam, three on the changeup, one on the knuckle curve, eight on the slider. Threw it more than his four seam fastball, more than any other pitch. Just I, I I love the mix he does. I, I love how much even movement his fastball has, right? Like people talk about the difference between a straight fastball and a moving fastball. That thing has life on it. That is and not a straight four seam fastball. It's wild. He's so good. And as it stands right now with that three headed monster, the the Mize Manning Scooble, um, he he has certainly taken comfortably the biggest step so far this year. I know Manning and Mize are obviously hurt and have been hurt for a while, but uh, even before their injuries, uh, scooble has been like that since star one. He's been, he seems to be kicking off a, a season in which he could potentially be taking a massive step forward, which is awesome to see. So Tarek Scooble, uh, if you were going to do like a, like a Castellani style player of the game, Tarek Scooble is certainly, uh, certainly that, in my opinion, um, I guess maybe you give it to Jamer, but I, I, I think that Scooble has been phenomenal this year and was content and continued to be phenomenal again on Thursday night against, by the way, a phenomenal Astros lineup, even with the losses that they have had over the last couple of years, losing Springer, losing Correa, that that's don't get it twisted. That lineup is still stupid good like stupid stupid good 
and Tarek Skubal certainly had the upper hand on all of them tonight. So awesome to see. Awesome to see. All right, let's get to the bullpen. Let's get to the talk of the town. But first, I got to tell you all about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball, and this weekend's run to the Roses as the Kentucky Derby is back. Going to be fun. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody. Welcome back to our third and final segment here at Locked On Tigers. Uh, yeah, this hat looks goofy. Too small for my head. The bullpen has been a bright spot for the Detroit Tigers this year, right? Well, everybody's been talking about, you know, bullpen ERA, lowest in baseball, close to lowest in baseball for a majority of pretty much all of the year. Uh, it's been a, a huge bright spot. And before we get into Gregory Soto, I I want to make this apparent. And I, and I don't want it to get – I don't want all the drama that happened in the, in the ninth to overlook the fact that Willie Peralta was phenomenal. The dude deserves his flowers, and nobody's going to talk about it. He has a incredible ERA. We're not going to say what it is because we don't want to jinx anything, but it's less than 0.01 on the year. And he pitched two innings and kept the velocity up the entire time. He has been such a gem of a signing ever since they brought him in last year. It is a big-time Avila or Hinch or whoever in the front office, whatever – pro scout department i don't care whoever's responsible for for pointing at willie peralta and saying i want him deserves a boatload of credit because the dude's been phenomenal and he was phenomenal again last night and i just feel bad because no one's going to talk about it because of what proceeded um gregory soto like i said at the beginning everyone is very aware that i'm a huge fan of his uh, everyone is very aware that I have defended him more than maybe anyone. I don't know all of you individually. I hope to, but I don't. And I, I would venture to say that I probably defend that dude more than anybody you know. Probably, right? I'd say that's probably true for a majority of people listening. I am a massive defender of his. It's... It's it's tough. It's really tough because there's a lot of very weird things about tonight that A, are constants with Gregory Soto, and B, it makes it a lot more difficult to defend putting him in in those situations when the rest of the entire bullpen has been damn near flawless this entire season we have several dudes in this bullpen who i'm just gonna say it have not given up a run this year several we just talked about one and and your second highest leverage situation your quote-unquote eighth inning guy even though it's not really a true eighth inning guy also 
has not given up a run this year and is currently on a stretch of scoreless inning streaks. On a scoreless inning stretch. You get what I'm trying to say. Hasn't given up a run in a long time. It's a lot harder to say, oh, well, who else are you going to go to? Oh, well, what else are you going to do when the rest of your bullpen has been as good as the Detroit Tigers bullpen has been this year? So we're going to start with that. There's a couple of things that happened in this outing. Uh, One, the walk-off is a routine, easy double play if we're not shifted. And I understand that that's part of the game for another five months, uh, and then it's not. Um, But he induced weak contact and just hit him where they ain't, and he hit him where they ain't. That being said, I'm just, I'm very much of the belief that nothing in this world is like 100% or 0%. Everyone wants to make everything out to be like super black and white these days. And I don't believe that that's how anything in this world is. So that's why I bring up the walk-off. Could have not been a walk-off. Pretty easily, actually, you could have had two outs in the inning, not given up a run, and the man on third really not mattered because you're an out away from getting out of the inning, right? So I just want to start with that. That all being said, probably time to not have Gregory Soto be your highest leverage situation, dude. And I still believe that when he is on and he is hitting his spots he is one of the most unhittable pitchers in the sport I believe that but the amount of times and the amount of situations in which he is hitting his spots has last year was pretty few and far between but he was winning most of those battles still. And I know everybody loves to do the, oh, I'm going to have a heart attack, Soto's in. He was winning a lot of those battles still. This year, nothing has changed. And I said, you can go back and listen to my, my preseason episodes. I said when we were breaking down the bullpen and looking forward to this year, Gregory Soto needs to take another big step forward. He, he does. And he certainly has not. And the ERA isn't that high, but you can't be the highest leverage pitcher on a team where everyone else in the bullpen has been really damn good. You can't be the best reliever in the best bullpen and consistently get behind in counts, consistently walk players as often as he does. You can't. You can't. And I love the dude to death. You can't. And do I still think he has the ceiling to reach it? Yes. I'm not me saying, first off, my opinion with the Tigers, unfortunately, to me, unfortunately, to all, some of you, I know, to to your uh, happiness, does not mean anything. But me saying, oh, Gregory Soto should get, you know, maybe knocked down to the second or third highest leverage situation. Nothing, again, what I was saying earlier, nothing's like 100% or zero. We don't have to go all in or all out. 
on anything. He can work his way back in. If he's hitting his spots, if he goes through a month where he doesn't give up a run, oh, look, he figured out something with his mechanics, his location, his command is way better. Let's move him back in there. Because when he is on, he's the best reliever in the pen when he's hitting his spots. But this year, you haven't seen him hit his spots, really. The Pirates outing is probably his best outing of the year, and sans that, it's been a lot of missed spots. And it's not just missed spots like, oh, you know, we're, we're aiming for a strike low and away and he spikes it in the dirt or something. This is like we're aiming for fastballs up and in and he is spiking them low and away. Like he's missing by feet. And it's it's so, I'm, I'm again, I'm sure it's frustrating for him. As I say all the time, I'm sure it's frustrating for the player too. But it, it, it's so frustrating with, a dude that is just oozing with potential to, to, to just have that of all things, just not click. You look like whip is a great tool for how many base runners you're giving up. The, the dude doesn't have a super high ERA and since the move to the bullpen never has had a super high ERA, but I mean, the whip is constantly, in the mid ones, his walk per nine last year was unbelievable. I mean, just insanely high. It's, it's just, it's time. It's time to we probably should just let Fulmer take the highest leverage situations for the time being. Again, it'd be a lot different if the bullpen wasn't performing as well as the bullpen's performing. But this year, magically, hmm, magically, that doesn't give players enough credit. Not magically. Surprisingly, you, you have a really good bullpen and you have a lot of other options. Like I said earlier, the best reliever, the highest leverage reliever in the team that's in the bullpen that is statistically currently one of the best in baseball can't have a dude consistently behind an account. The second he steps out of the bullpen can't have it. Not with so many better, better is probably a, a little bit of a, a step too far, but currently so many less stressful options. It should probably just go to Fulmer for the time being. That's all. Very frustrating loss. And it's not, again, not all in or all out. It's not all on anybody. The offense was atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. In a small ballpark. The Crawford box is like 100 feet to left field. Hit a pop-up and you can go yard in this dinky little ballpark. You play in Comerica. You have flyouts to the warning track that that would hit the railroad tracks at this stadium. It just, the offense is struggling. Soto's command, again, as much as I defend him and his stuff, has been, he's really struggled with it all, all season so far. And... Again, I, I think some of it's still developable. Developable. 
It can still be developed. He can still turn into that dude. But right now, as it stands on May 6th, 2022, probably time to make a change because this offense is not hitting at all, not driving the ball at all. And the few times that the offense has put you in a situation where you can strike, either take a lead or just have a lead, Gregory Soto has come in and blown the game. I know the Twins thing was like 90 different people's fault. But again, threw eight straight balls out of the bullpen that game. It's just you you, you can't help them like that, man. You can't you can't help the other team like that no matter what happens after. You can't consistently put yourself behind like that. And broken record, but when the rest of the bullpen's been thriving like this, it's really hard to justify keeping him in that role. And maybe the bullpen regresses and and struggles and Gregory Soto takes a step forward and in 3 weeks he gets the job back. That's fine. We don't have to fully commit to anything. But as it stands right now, I just hit my camera, I'm sorry. As it stands right now, it's probably time. Golly. This team. This team. I think that's all I got, ladies and gents. Um, Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, we're all in this together. I'm going to keep saying it because – some of y'all are just mean to your own fan base for like no reason other than like you're angry and are just taking it out on people. I, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Uh, we're all rooting for the same thing. We all want the same thing. I'm not sure why on a, a May 5th game, we're like attacking each other. Wild, but we're all in this together. We're all rooting for the same team. This is beyond frustrating. I'm very tired, um, as I'm sure we all are. And hopefully we will be recapping some wins next time I see you on Monday. Also, really quick, if you stayed through to the end, first off, appreciate you. Second off, uh, we might be dropping a bonus episode this weekend. I'm not 100% sure when I'm going to drop it, Um, but I do have an interview that I have completed with a Detroit Tigers organization player. I've interviewed someone on the 40-man roster, and I have that. So I might drop this weekend. I might risk it and wait till... Our next off day, which is like two weeks from now still, because we play like 15, 17 games in 15 days or whatever. So I, I might risk it and wait till the next off day. I might just give you six episodes one week and then throw it in on a weekend. Um, not really sure yet. TBD. 
but uh, keep an eye out for that because it's super cool. Okay. That's all I got. I know this is long. Um, have a great day. Do not let this team affect your day like it affects mine. Peace and love. Going to therapy is dope. And I'll catch you on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.